said you all were talkative when he came in, so you must not have eaten as much. So usually you all are pretty sluggish. But uh, how many of you are tired this afternoon? Good. How many of you brought your pillow just in case? John chapter 6. John chapter number 6. I want to spend a little bit of time this afternoon, and we'll, we will try to be brief this, this afternoon. Uh, I know I personally am not feeling <laughs> real well, and I know a few other folks that are not feeling real well right now, so uh, we'll, we'll try to be brief uh, unless the Lord has something else in mind, and we'll be long, so one or the other. Uh, we'll either be brief or long, one or the other, okay? I remember taking a, a lady to look at a car one time. She needed some help looking to buy a car. And uh, she had a she had a Grand Marquis. It was a pretty big sized car. And I said, "Well, what are you looking for?" And she said, "Well, I want something something smaller, and uh, and I want something with better better gas mileage." And I said, "Okay." So we went and started looking in the dealerships, and uh, they started bringing different cars out, smaller and and better, more fuel efficient. And nope, nope, don't like that one. Don't like that. One. Went through. I don't know, but several hours, and this guy was starting to get frustrated. And she looked over and she saw a minivan. She said, how about that over there? And I said, well, that's larger and gets less fuel mileage. She said, that's the one I want. <laughs> so I say all that to say, we'll either be short or we'll be long, but we'll be one of the two. So I may tell you one thing, we may go another one. So, all right. John chapter number 6, and um, let's look in verse number 63. John chapter number 6. <clears throat> And verse number 63. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Father, I pray that you'll bless the message this afternoon. And Lord, guide our steps as we take a look at some things uh, regarding um, what the Holy Spirit does for us. And, uh, Lord, why it is so important that we are sensitive and look for His working in our life and how we need to, uh, to submit to it, how we need to make certain that we are not quenching or grieving Him in any way, but that we would be pleasing in all, all works. And so, Father, help us uh, this afternoon. Uh, guide and direct our steps as we study it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible teaches us, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. The fact is that before we got saved, uh, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, uh, God had told them the day that they had eaten thereof that they would surely die. And that, that was true. They didn't die physically, but they did die spiritually. And, uh, and so because of that, man needs to be redeemed. He needs to be made a new creature. He needs to be made alive or quickened. And the Bible teaches us that when we get saved, that one of the works that the Holy Spirit does for us is that He quickens us. He makes us alive spiritually. There's something in us suddenly uh, at the moment of salvation that didn't used to be there. Uh, there's something that is, is uh, a, a desire, a, a, uh, an appetite for the things of the Lord that didn't used to be there uh, before we got saved. And this is uh, the quickening work of the Holy Spirit of God. But uh, we talk often, and, and the Apostle Paul was uh, extensive in his charge to other churches 
telling them over and over again that they were to walk in the Spirit. Uh, the fact that they were to be filled with the Spirit. And by the way, uh, just so you understand this, uh, being filled with the Spirit doesn't mean you get more of the Holy Spirit. There's, there's churches out there that are teaching today that you need to have uh, a second uh, work of the Holy Spirit on your life uh, where He fills you more or He, they use different words. They call it sometimes the, the being anointed by the Spirit, um, having this uh, special unction, this special anointing upon you. Uh, the issue of the Holy Spirit is... Uh, is not so much getting more of Him as it is Him getting more of you, being more yielded to uh, His working in your life and to be uh, opening up every aspect uh, of our hearts to Him so that He can permeate through every facet of our lives. And again, it's not saying that there's a portion of Him that increases when we do that. It's just to simply uh, put that He is not just narrowed to a niche of our lives where He is effective, but that we've yielded all of our life to Him. He's filled our life in every aspect. And so we need to understand this, that there is a work that the Holy Spirit does. And there are several things in Scripture uh, that uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit accomplishes in us or some work that He does uh, for us. And I say all that to say this. There's three things I want us to, to focus on as we look at these things. Number one, we need to make sure that we are sensitive to Him in these areas. That we pray often, Lord, help me to be watchful for these things, to be looking out for these things. Um, and then secondly, uh, we do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do things in our life that would cause Him to delay or to postpone His work in us. Uh, and we do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And so keep these th three things in mind, that we are sensitive to, that we are not uh, quenching, and that we are not grieving the Holy Spirit in any of these three areas. But I want us to take a look, and we're going to take a, a few moments this afternoon, to look at several passages of Scripture that talk about uh, what the Holy Spirit does for us uh, from the time we get saved, uh, and He quickens us, He makes us alive. That part of us that was dead is now made alive. We are a new creature in Christ. And, uh, and after He has quickened us, after He has made us alive, what is it that He does for us? And so let's start with uh, John chapter number 16. John chapter number 16. If you'll take a moment to turn over there. John chapter number 16. And uh, some of these are going to be ones that you'll say, yes, I knew that, and that's, that makes sense, and, and that's fine. There may be a couple of them that you may think, oh, I didn't realize that. Uh, but very important to us, especially as Christians. If we're going to live uh, godly in this world, we will not do it in our own strength. And we're going to do it as we yield ourselves to and are sensitive to the work that the Holy Spirit longs to do in us. Uh, I would refer to that as filling, being filled with the Spirit, that we allow Him to permeate every part, every aspect of our life. Uh, so let's take a look. John chapter number 16. And uh, let's go to verse number... Um, I'm going to start in verse number 12. Jesus is speaking here, and He's teaching His uh, uh, disciples some things. And He says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. 
uh, one of the key things that the Holy Spirit does for us is that He guides us in all truth. He has a teaching ministry. Uh, he has the ability to help us to understand things that to the carnal man and to the natural man are not easily understood in Scripture. Uh, the Bible says that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. That they were the ones who penned by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God this book. If the Holy Spirit is the one who spoke it, if the Holy Spirit is the one that gave them the words, then it stands to reason that if we have a question about it, the Holy Spirit is the one who can help us have understanding in it. Uh, when it comes to walking in the Spirit, and, and Paul speaks a lot about this, when it comes to walking in the Spirit, one of the key things is that we uh, allow Him to do a work in us as we read the pages of this book. Uh, Ephesians says, and be not drunk with wine, chapter 5, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. In Colossians, chapter, I think it's chapter number 4, it says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. Both of them are parallel passages, and even though they sound completely different, the verses following show that they are actually the same thing. You cannot have the one without the other. And so when we talk about the filling of the Spirit, as I mentioned a moment ago, it's not so much getting more of the Holy Spirit as it is allowing Him to have more of us, to, to be able to, to invade, to be able to permeate through uh, every aspect of, my, of our lives. When I was a kid, uh, my, uh, my uncle on my mom's side worked for... Um, uh, coastal, I think it was Coastal States Life Insurance, I think was the name of it. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that. I think it was Coastal States. They're not in existence anymore. And uh, his office was in downtown Atlanta in one of those big skyscrapers. He was on like the 40-something floor or something. And we used to, on vacation, go and, and enjoy going up in the tower and seeing everything. He had an office that looked out over things. And he'd always give us these little promotional items that they had, uh, the little knick-knack things they would hand out to people. And one year, he gave me this little this little flat, looked like a... Uh, looked like a uh, uh, a cup coaster that you'd put on your table. It was real thin, about an eighth of an inch thin, and, and a rectangle shape, and it had printed on it, Coastal States Life Insurance and all the information and everything. And he handed it to me, and I thought, that's kind of dorky. You know, it's just a little flop of, flop of cardboard here. And he said, no, he said, that's neat. He said, watch this. And he took it over to a sink, and he put a drop of water on it, and all of a sudden that flat piece of paper just went like this and started expanding. It was a dehydrated sponge is what it was. It had been flattened down and printed on. And I sat there, and I was amazed at this. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And the more water he put on it, the more it expanded, the more it grew. And I think of that often when I think of the filling of the Holy Spirit, that it's not so much God giving more of the Holy Spirit to us as it is us allowing Him to, to infiltrate and to, to expand Himself inside of every part of our life. For us not to hold Him back, to quench Him in some areas of our life. And uh, one of the great things that I think we oftentimes are not uh, seeking Him enough on, that we do not allow Him to permeate our thoughts and our hearts on, is the issue of when we come to read Scripture. Uh, oftentimes we read Scripture because it's our duty, or it's our Bible reading time, or it's our, uh, our Bible schedule we've got to tick off the check marks on. But to come to the Bible and with a sincere desire say, Lord, I need the Holy Spirit to guide me and direct me as I, as I read these pages. He's the one that authored them. He's the one that wrote them. He can certainly bring to light the truth of it. How many of you have ever read a passage of Scripture maybe a dozen or more times in your lifetime, but you read it another time, and all of a sudden something just clicks and you see something you never saw before? Any of you ever do that? Okay. That's the Holy Spirit doing part of this ministry. 
So what we need to keep in mind, again, three things I'm asking you to do is we need to make sure that we are yielded to him, that we're seeking for his working in, in these areas. Secondly, that we not quench him. And thirdly, that we don't grieve him in these areas. I would hate to have the Holy Spirit show me something in Scripture and then for me to walk away and say, that's great, but I'm not going to follow it. Why would he have any desire to show us anything further at that point? If we're not going to be obedient in the one thing, I was talking to a missionary a number of years ago, and when they had someone saved in their church down in El Salvador, uh, he had men and women that had been trained and taught how to take the Bible and to grow and help what we would call disciple uh, a new Christian, teach them in the basics of the Christian faith. And every time someone got saved in, the, in their ministry, he would pair them up right then in the service. He'd say, uh, what night are you available this week? And they would tell him, uh, Tuesday night. And he'd say, okay, Joe's going to be at your house Tuesday night, and for the next 13 weeks he's going to help you with Scripture, and he's going to show you some things. And that's how they would deal with it. And they would get to some issues on the, the beginning parts of what we would call discipleship. And he said, invariably, we'd get to a certain point in discipleship, and these folks, these new Christians, would be in agreement to a point until it dealt with something that they were doing already in their life that they were going to have to forsake or get rid of. And he said at that point they would say, oh, I can't do that. And he said every time we said, okay, then, then our meetings are over. We're done because we can go no further. If you're not able to be obedient in this area, there's no sense in discussing the rest. And I often think that sometimes when we grieve the Holy Spirit by seeing things in Scripture and then not obeying them, that there is a quenching that goes on there that no longer do we start seeing all the things He longs for us to see in Scripture. Now we come to the Bible and we just don't seem to get as much out of it. You ever been there before? We read it and it's like, boy, it just I don't understand. Something's missing now. Could it be that we've grieved Him? Could it be that we've seen something in Scripture and we've just not followed after it? We've not been, we've not been willing to say, yes, I'll do that. And oftentimes that is the case. The Holy Spirit... Is, has a teaching ministry. It's one of his works that he does in us. Notice also in verse number 13, <clears throat> it says not only that he shall uh, guide us in all truth, but it says he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. And there are times that the Holy Spirit will reveal some things to you. Such as, uh, what should you be doing in your life? There are some directions God would want you to go. Now, I will say this, that when the Holy Spirit does guide you in some areas of life, it is always going to be in keeping with what He has revealed to you through His Word. It will never be contrary to that. And I've had a lot of people that have come over the years and said, Pastor, the Lord's leading me to do this. And it is contrary to Scripture. Can I tell you, He will never do that to you. If He reveals something to you, if He will show you something, and He's not giving you new revelation of truth, but He may be directing your steps, He may be guiding you in a direction of life that He wants you to go and making that obvious to you and uh, revealing those types of things to you, it will always be in keeping of His Word. It will never go contrary to it. And there are so many things that I am fearful that we, and I'm going to say it this way, we blame God. <laughs> and, and by that, I simply mean so many things that we say, uh, Pastor, God has led me to do this, and, and God didn't have any part of it. It was simply our flesh nature. It was our desire. It was what we wanted to do. 
And because we maybe said a prayer and asked the Lord to guide us to let us do these things, it uh, doesn't necessarily mean that the Holy Spirit led us to do those things. And we've got to be careful. We've got to make certain that when we do something according to what God wants us to do, that we know that is what He wants us to do and not just the desire of our heart. The Apostle Paul, when he was preaching, we studied it in Sunday school today, as we went into 1 Corinthians, when the Apostle Paul uh, was desirous to uh, continue his preaching in different cities, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit uh, forbade him, didn't let him go there, told him not to go there. There were things that the Holy Spirit hindered him on. There were other things that the Holy Spirit allowed him to, to know that he needed to go and do. And God does direct our steps. He does it through His Word, and He does it through the revealing work in, of the Holy Spirit in our lives in these areas. Uh, you'll know that it's what God wants you to do, and there will be no question about it when it is truly what He wants you to do. If you're sitting there wondering and questioning, well, is that God or is that me? Then chances are it's not God. Because I've found this to be true in my life, and I think we can find it throughout Scripture, that God is not vague. When He gives somebody a chore to do or a task to do, he is not vague. He's very discerning about it. He's very descriptive about it. And when they know to do it, they know to do it. I'll tell you this. When it's something God has for you to do, you will know. I remember years ago asking my dad, Dad, how do you know when you're called to preach? And he gave me those famous, profound words. You'll just know. And how do you know when God wants you to serve Him with your life? You'll just know. How do you know what God's will for your life is? You'll just know. How do you know? Because it's a work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. It's something that He confirms in you. All right, uh, let's go back a few verses to verse number 8, chapter 16, John chapter 16. So He has a teaching uh, power. He has a teaching work in us. Uh, he has a work of revealing uh, God's purpose, God's plan for our lives. He does this through His Word and through confirming it in our hearts and us knowing it. Verse number uh, uh, 8 of chapter 16, the Bible says, And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on Me, of righteousness because I go to My Father and you see Me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. And so the Holy Spirit has a reproving work. We would call this conviction. He convicts our hearts. When there are things we're not doing that we're supposed to, and when there are things that we are doing that we're not supposed to, He brings conviction to our hearts. Isn't it amazing that before we got saved, we really weren't all that convicted about our sin. But when we got saved, all of a sudden, it, it really hurts our heart. And when we sin now, we feel guilty about it. We feel horrible about it. We are mortified by it. And what caused that? The Holy Spirit. This is why it is so important that we yield ourselves to Him. We do not quench Him, and we do not grieve Him. Because He is the one that brings the conviction. He's the one that brings the Bible word here that is used. He's the one that brings reproof. And He will reprove the world of sin. That includes Christians and the lost. He will help us to understand the sinfulness of sin. Look in verse, uh, no, I'm sorry, Acts chapter number 1. And verse number 8, Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8, very familiar passage. Many of you can quote it. 
Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. The other work that the Holy Spirit does is He empowers us to witness for Him. He gives us the power, the strength, the wherewithal, the desire, the drive, the diligence, the fervor, the zeal. He gives us the ability to be a witness for Him, to share with others the gospel message. In fact, it was so important that Christ told the disciples when He gave them the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, He told them, but wait, don't go yet. He said, but wait in Jerusalem. Tarry ye in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And until that Holy Spirit did the work of empowering them for the work of the ministry, they were to wait for it. And I will say this, that oftentimes we find that as Christians we labor in the power of the flesh and we do not rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit to do the work through us. Understand, we are only a vessel. We are only a tool. The work that is done, the power of the gospel, is not of our, our, our thinking or our wisdom. It's not of our personality or our presentation. The power of the gospel to do a transforming work in a man's heart is something that only the Holy Spirit of God can do. You and I can share the message, but I can't bring conviction on a man's heart, and neither can you. I can't do a transforming work in a man's heart. I can't quicken that man. I can't teach that man in all truth. I can't bring reproof to him. Only the Holy Spirit of God can do that. And so when we labor in the gospel, when we share the gospel message with someone, we need to have a dependence on the Holy Spirit doing the work. Our job is simply to share it. God's work is to give the increase. And this is one of the works of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important that we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You ever walk down a road, stand by a gas pump, stand in line at the grocery store, be at a park where other people are milling around, and you just had this sense that you needed to talk to that person right there about the things of the Lord. I tell you, the Holy Spirit has a way of doing this. Or bringing someone across your path. Someone that needs to hear the gospel. Someone that needs to be brought up and, and encouraged as a Christian. Edified, discipled, taught in Scripture. So the Holy Spirit has a power, a strength of working in us to give us the power to be a witness for Him. Very important that we do not grieve Him in this. We need to make sure that we are not doing things that would cause Him to say, I'm not going to use that vessel to do my work. I would hate to get to heaven one day and understand all of the things that God had intended for me to do for Him. That He determined I'm not going to do it through Greg because He was not willing to be yielded to me. He lived a life that brought me grief. He lived a life that caused me to be quenched in the work that I was wanting to do through Him. I would hate to get to heaven and know that. Wouldn't it be far better to stand before God one day and to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. It doesn't mean that we've been perfect in our service for Him, but that we've had a heart and a longing to be perfect in our service for Him. That we've had that desire. And I fear so often that we 
uh, we do not take the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives seriously enough. We don't focus on it. We don't think of it often enough. And, the, and then to look at our life and see, are there some things that I'm doing that are causing Him to not be able or not want to do those things that He longs to do in our life? So He has the power to help us in witnessing. Look with me in Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 16. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 16. Not only does He help us in being a witness for the lost or to the lost, but in Acts chapter number 8, uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter, did I say Acts chapter 8? Okay, Romans chapter 8 uh, and verse number 16. Uh, Paul writes here, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know, one of the other works that the Holy Spirit does for us is He gives us assurance of our salvation day in and day out. He strengthens our faith in this issue. We don't have to sit here and bite our nails from day to day. We don't have to have confidence of salvation one day and then wonder if I'm saved the next day. I remember as a young person going through this, and my sister went through it a number of times, and, and uh, I remember seeing young people as I was a youth pastor go through this, and they would trust Christ as their Savior in, in elementary school, and then they'd start questioning. So they'd get assurance of their salvation in junior high, and then they'd start questioning. And then they'd go get assurance again in high school, and then they'd start questioning. Then they'd go to college, and, and they'd get in a revival service, and they'd question again. And then they can I tell you this? One of the works of the Holy Spirit is to give us that assurance. It bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know how I know that I'm, that I'm a child of the King? One is I've done what the Bible said to do, and I trust Him at His Word. But the other thing is the Holy Spirit came inside of me. And He does something to confirm that with me, that I know I'm saved. That I'm on my way to heaven. I don't sit at home saying, boy, I, I, I must not be saved. I, I worryly worry. I, I don't know if I'm saved or not. There's an assurance that He brings. Unless we're grieving Him or quenching Him in some way. Or maybe not sensitive to Him. We're not listening to Him. So not only does He give us power to be a witness, He also bears witness in us. That we are the sons of God. He gives us that assurance. I was talking with a fellow a few weeks ago. He called me over to his house. A fellow that's been in church for probably most of his life. An elderly man. And he said, and I know he's, I know he's heard the gospel. I know he's, he's sat under good preaching. He's heard men of God teach on salvation for years, decades I would say. And he sat there in the living room and he said, Pastor, the reason I called you over here, he said, I just, how do I know? How do I know for sure that I'm saved? And I thought, how can a person go to church that many years and not know? And then it dawned on me. It could be that there are some things that he quenched the Holy Spirit in in his life. And so we talked about it. And I shared with him, I said, Brother, this is the way Jesus said we were to be saved. This is what the Bible says about it. I said, have you done that? He said, yes. I said, did you mean it? Did you have faith in the Lord when you did it? Yes. Are you trusting Him? Yes. I said, then according to God, you're saved. You don't have to doubt it anymore. And I showed him some verses of assurance in Scripture, promises that God said, if you'll do this, then, then yes, you can know that you have eternal life. And I mean, it was like the burden rolled off of his shoulder. He had been saved. I, I really believe this. He had been saved for all these years but had the weight and the burden of insecurity. Why? 
Could it be that we have minimized the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives in the areas that He's supposed to be working in us? The things that He is supposed to be doing for a believer. Are we grieving Him? Are we quenching Him? Are we just not being sensitive enough to Him? Paul said it this way, that we're to walk in the Spirit. That's, that's the words he used. I don't know how else better to explain it than other than we are to walk in the Spirit. We're to live daily, consciously aware of His work in our life. Knowing it and understanding it. And then I want you to notice in Romans chapter 8, verse number 26. Romans chapter 8, verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He intercedes on our behalf. And I love this. Isn't it amazing that this is one of those, those paradoxes that you, you think about and it makes your brain hurt. God knows what our burdens are before we ever come to Him in prayer, and yet He says, I want you to come to me in prayer anyway. Did you know that? You understand that from Scripture? He knows what we have need of before we come to Him. But He still tells us to come and pray for Him, uh, with Him. Here's an interesting thought. When Jesus was on earth, He told Peter, He said, I have prayed for you. God is praying for me. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says here, is making intercession for me because I don't know how to pray for the things the way I should. And the Bible says that He does so with groanings which cannot be uttered. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit of God takes the, the, the intent of my heart and what I feel when I come to the Lord in prayer and I can't always verbalize what I'm thinking or what I'm, what I'm feeling to try to share with Him. And He takes that prayer and He's able to make it clear for me. The Holy Spirit of God intercedes in the area of our praying. That's an amazing thought. It's an amazing thought. He brings conviction on our lives. He teaches us. He makes things plain by revealing some things to us. He gives us assurance of our salvation. He gives us power to witness. He intercedes for us in the issue of praying. And then I want you to notice in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, and this is our last one. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, and let's look in verse number 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God does what? What does it say there? Dwelleth in you. When we got saved, He came to live inside of me. And by the way, He came to live inside of you. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Look also with me in chapter 6, in verse number 19, Paul reiterates the fact once again. With the passage that we often quote, he says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own, for you are bought with a price. You say, why is that important? Paul tells us, therefore, in other words, because of this truth, therefore, glorify God, notice this, in your what? body, and in your spirit, which are God's. When I get saved, this body becomes His. My spirit, my will, becomes His. It belongs to Him. 
I'm supposed to glorify Him in that. Meaning the way I live my life ought to glorify Him. It ought to bring reflection to Him. The way my spirit is, my attitude, the way I deal with people, it ought to reflect Him. And this is a work that the Holy Spirit does with His indwelling. He helps us to have the right testimony. He helps us to live the right way. He helps us to have the right spirit about us, the right attitude, the right demeanor, the right ability to communicate with others the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit does all of these things, and yet we so often minimize His work in our lives. We think that when we got saved, He did a quickening work, and He indwelt us, and then He's hands off the rest of the time. No, no. He does a daily work. He does it hourly. He does it every minute. He does it every second of the day. He brings conviction to us. He teaches us. He reveals things to us. He gives us assurance. He gives us boldness and power to witness. He intercedes with us in prayer. And He empowers us to glorify Him in our body and in our spirit by indwelling us. This is why we preach so often and why the Apostle Paul reiterated it numerous times to walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? To live every moment of every day conscious of the work that the Holy Spirit does inside of us. Conscious every moment of every day. This is the work He's trying to accomplish. And He's either going to accomplish it because... I am aware of it, and because I'm following after it, or he's going to be grieved and he's going to be quenched. I'm either going to surrender and yield myself to it, or I'm going to buck against it, and I'm going to grieve him and I'm going to quench him. I don't know about you, but in my life, if I see all the blessings that it is to have the Holy Spirit of God himself living inside of me, I sure want to be yielded to it. I want to see just what he can do through it. A life that is yielded to Him. A life that says, I don't want my will. I want your will. Could you imagine what He could accomplish through any one of us if we could live every day with the awareness of His work in our lives every moment of every day? I want to challenge us and charge us to dwell upon these things and think about them. What could happen in our life if he had full reign, unimpeded yieldedness of our lives, just what could the Holy Spirit accomplish in us? I think it'd be extraordinary. I really do. I believe the Bible teaches that he does a great work. He longs to do it. It's his desire. It's why he was sent here. There are so many other things that we gain from him. He's our comforter. Above all things, He's the one that has quickened us and has made us alive. He seals us under the day of redemption. So many things that the Holy Spirit does for us that we are unaware of or that we just don't think about in a daily manner. And the truth is, I believe we're remiss in not doing so. I believe it was God's intent that we would live daily with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, on our minds and in our hearts, and then to be yielded to it. I want to encourage, I want to charge us, if we could, to kind of examine ourselves. 
and say, Lord, help me to live every day, every day, every moment uh, with the conscious thought of the work of the Holy Spirit being done in my life. And let's see what He could do. All right? Let's stand together, shall we? Father, we thank You for Your Word. I'm thankful for its instruction. And, Lord, it's a powerful book. So many things that You give us. Lord, we could spend a lifetime up here preaching it. We could spend a lifetime listening to the preaching of it and still have never exhausted all of its truth. But, Father, that truth that has been revealed to us, that truth that we have heard and are aware of that we've inclined